Hello, everyone. I hope you guys have had an amazing week. Uh, I'm really sorry for the last two weeks. I know I've been late in my uploads for the past two weeks, and I didn't even record or release an episode last week. But it's because I did have the LSAT this past Saturday, and then the writing portion of it Sunday, and I wasn't even in town. I was out of town for that. So, yeah, I guess I had a lot going on, but... Now that the LSAT is out of the way, I can actually focus on the podcast again, give my attention to it, all of that, so expect better episodes coming up if you want to stick around. Um, That being said, I do kind of like uploading on Tuesdays. I feel like on the weekends, I'm busy with my friends and family, and I just want to give them all of my attention, so I think I'm going to start releasing on Tuesdays. I hope that's okay with you guys. If not... You can let me know. We'll talk about it. We'll have a little heart-to-heart. I'm fine with that. So yeah, Tuesdays it is from now on. I hope that's okay. Anyway, getting to the actual episode topic. Today we're talking about that girl's exercise routine. In the videos we've seen all over TikTok and YouTube and the Pinterest boards that we've also seen, we see that girl as having a very strict yet efficient routine. She starts her day off doing something productive and a lot of the time that means exercising. So today we're going to talk about the different options for workouts, the benefits of certain exercises, creating a routine that works for you, just for you, misconceptions of working out, and a lot more. But first, let's pause for today's sponsors. Okay, and we're back. So let's start off talking about social media's That Girl and her exercise routine. So being totally real with you guys, that girl that we've seen all over social media is a predominantly thin young woman that either has a gym membership, is big into Pilates bar or yoga, or enjoys her long distance running. And there is nothing wrong with that. All of those exercises are really efficient, they're effective, and they're healthy, and they're fun. But the problem that I have with it is that there's very little variety in the workouts that are recorded. And a lot of the women have the same body type or very similar ones at that, where it kind of makes you think, oh, if I do this exact same routine or workout, then I'll have the same body as her, which is so wrong. And that kind of leads me to the point, before we talk about routines and exercises and what you can do, there are two main points that I'd like for you to keep in mind while we talk throughout the episode. And the first point is a routine, especially an exercise routine, that works for one person may not work for you for a number of reasons, ranging from financially to mentally to biologically. And the second point is, while fat and muscle ratios do fluctuate, you are born with a certain body type and no amount of exercise will change the natural shape of your body. And that's a good thing. Why, why have someone else's body when yours is the one that loves you unconditionally and is only worried about supporting you? So now let's talk about being our version of that girl. And being our version of that girl means taking care of you, wanting to be the best version of yourself, and being a good person to you, your friends, your family, strangers, everyone. And in order to do those things effectively, you have to incorporate exercise into your life. It's vital to maintain your health and your happiness. It's so important. But I feel like a big issue of actually starting the act of exercising is figuring out why you're doing it so let me tell you a little story about this silly little girl named Shadeen so Shadeen me I played sports from elementary school up until my senior year of high school and I played soccer and lacrosse and because I was involved in these activities I never really had to work out outside of sports because 
I was practicing and playing games like five to six times a week and for about two to three hours each time. So I was relatively fit. The gist of this little story is that I had a pretty consistent exercise routine for about 12 to 13 years of my life. And I think a lot of you can relate to that. You know, growing up in a public school system, you probably played sports. If not, that's fine. But you know, if you did, same boat. And then once high school ended and college started, I lost all of that so fast. I was not playing sports. I didn't have a coach telling me what to do. And it felt like I really didn't have a reason to work out. So I started to gain weight and I started to gain it fast. I had this newfound sense of freedom when I was officially a college student and I was always going out to eat, especially fast food. However, I wasn't working out, so I wasn't properly digesting and metabolizing the food that I was putting in my body. And even though I had some pretty pretty serious body dysmorphia episodes in high school, I think a lot of women did, it's not just me, I was not prepared for the depression that would hit me when I started to gain some serious weight for the first time in my life. I was going from growing up fit and energetic to feeling sluggish, gross, depressed, and lonely. It wasn't that I was gaining weight that made me upset, like how I felt about myself and knowing that I was feeling gross all the time. Like I was eating chemically food, I was not eating healthy, I was not moving, so it just felt like the idea of a couch potato. I felt like that. So for like 3.5 out of the four years of my college career, I really struggled with my body image. The first semester of college, I gained a bunch of weight and I just felt sick all the time from overeating and not moving at all. And that kind of led me to develop toxic relationships with my diet and exercise for the most part of my college career, I'd say. And at one point, I became really underweight. I was very inconsistent with my working out for a bunch of reasons. But looking back, now that I'm in a better place, I've been able to conclude why I was so inconsistent. Maybe you guys can relate, maybe not, but here are the reasons that I was. One, I exercised for the wrong reasons. I worked out for my appearance instead of my health. I was so focused on being thin again. I was so focused on just looking good. I didn't care about my health. I just wanted to look good. The second thing was I thought of exercise as a way to burn calories from food and I considered it a punishment to my body after eating what I considered a bad food. Like I would label food as bad food and that's just not correct. Three was that I couldn't find a form of exercise that I genuinely enjoyed. I always, I would run and I did not like running. I'm not built to be a runner and I just, I kept doing it because I imagined, oh, I'm burning the most calories by running which is wrong, it's so dumb, but that's, that's you know, why I was inconsistent. Reason four was that I didn't want to take responsibility. I blamed everyone else, and I used other people as an excuse as to why I couldn't work out. I didn't want to hold myself accountable. Number five was that I was so focused on having a routine that when things went off course or off schedule, I just gave up. I was so frustrated. I was like, never mind. Screw that. I'm done. So number six was I kept waiting for Monday and I kept waiting for the start of the month or the new year. I just kept waiting for the right time and there will never be a right time. Honestly, there will not be. I don't know what number that was. Was that six? I don't know. The next point um, was I was embarrassed of what other people thought of me at the gym. I 
hated going to the gym. Oh my god, it was so embarrassing. I would sweat from just walking in and seeing people look at me, even though they probably weren't. I'm just like sensitive. But yeah, I was really embarrassed. So that was a big concern for me. And the last point is that I lacked discipline when my motivation ran out. And that I did not understand for a long time. So maybe you guys can relate to me where you went from being into athletics in high school or middle school or whatever and going from that to nothing. Or maybe you've had a toxic relationship with diet and exercise or you've lacked consistency in your physical fitness journey. Whatever it is, maybe you can relate to me in one way or another. And as you know, I've been there and I'm still a work in progress. I didn't start taking fitness more seriously until my final semester of college. I'd say like March this past year. And before that, as I said, I was really flaky on myself and I kept letting myself down and I was just lost. I was lost. I was really lost and I didn't like myself and it was just sad, you know, but I had this spiritual awakening, you know, in March and that kind of changed everything. So another story time. Hopefully you're not bored yet. So I went from being muscular and fit from sports to being a bit on the overweight side to becoming skeletal. I was not building muscle for my minimal physical movement and I was not eating consistently and I just became really scrawny. So I went from being fit to being a little bit chubby for my first semester or year of college to being pretty underweight from then until March, I'd say. And... I had people who were concerned about my health and I had a breakdown in March of this year. It was a time where everything just kind of hit me and how I'm literally killing myself by treating myself like a villain. I wanted everyone around me to be eating healthy and working out so they'll live a long time with me but I failed to realize that if I didn't prioritize my own health and stop being so naive, they'll outlive me. I was being hypocritical. I was being so hypocritical. And this breakdown was like a period of rebirth, though. I feel like since that exact moment, I've been growing and maturing for the better. I learned a lot, but one takeaway from this awakening that I think we all need to understand is that you won't take working out, eating right, or self-care seriously unless you decide to do it for yourself. I had people who loved me and just wanted what's best for my health. And were pushing me to work out or eat better, but I didn't want to. And that's because I didn't see it as something to do for myself. I saw it as something that they wanted me to do and I had to do it to make them happy. I didn't see myself as important enough to put this much effort into. But times have changed and I am so worthy. I know I have so much I want to accomplish. And I have so many people that I want to meet and so many lives I want to be in. I just... I have so much love to offer and I have so much food to taste and experiences to have and I didn't realize until that moment that I could actually die from neglecting my health. And once I had this breakdown and I kind of hit my rock bottom, I realized that I am worthy and I want to get better for me and I want to prioritize my health for me. So I just had to figure out how to even start and how to stay consistent and here's some ways that I started my exercise portion of my health journey and how I've been able to be more consistent and hopefully you can take away some tips and tricks from this because they really helped me and hopefully they'll help you too. So one thing that I did was I found a routine and an exercise 
regimen, regimen, whatever, that I could sustain and genuinely enjoy and look forward to. Um, I viewed exercise as a privilege instead of a chore because I am so blessed to be able to walk when I want to stretch both my legs and my arms and a lot of people would kill for that privilege. I realized that I am never guaranteed my health or my limbs or my movement so I want to celebrate and appreciate it while I still have it and now I also I set goals that weren't aesthetic oriented I actually now I have a goal to be able to do the splits by January instead of having a six pack. Another thing is that I also have a healthier relationship with my fitness tracker. I used to religiously use my Fitbit watch for a few months where I would obsessively track my calories and if I overate for the amount of calories I should be eating per day, I would get so down on myself and I'd have to go and burn it off through some form of exercise. And it made me hate exercising, it made me hate myself, and it made me hate food. But now I'm at a point where I understand that it can be a tool that can help me if I use it right. Now I don't track my calories, I just use it to measure how far I go for walks and for hikes, and the occasional jog if I'm really feeling up for it, which is not often. And I record my distances for my own record and my own little game. It's a healthy competition with myself and... I also understand that Fit, Fitbits and Apple Watches and all these fitness trackers, they aren't always accurate. So I should be taking my measurements with a grain of salt, not live by them. Um, my last thing that really kind of helped me was I also realized that if I exercise to look a certain way, there will always be some part of me that needs improvement based on what other people think and what social media craves. I stopped working out for specific aesthetics like a six-pack or bigger quads because that wasn't working for my own personal mental health. I started to work out and when I did, I, I wanted to celebrate my body's ability to move and to reach new goals and perform new feats that I didn't know possible. I started exercising so that when I get older, I'll still be able to walk my dogs and keep up with my grandkids and live my life not, and not stop because I'm older, but I want to keep going. I started using exercise as an excuse to go outside and to make memories and to have fun. And I just wanted to stop taking my body for granted. Whew, okay, sorry. That was one hell of a rant. Uh, thank you for sticking around through that. But now that I've ranted about myself and <clears throat> how I started to take exercising seriously... Let's talk about the different types of exercises and the options that you have based on your own resources. But before we do, just a quick disclaimer, I am not a personal trainer, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physical therapist, a licensed whatever. I'm just discussing with you from friend to friend what I found works for me uh, or what I found during my time as a biology major or what I found online or what my friends have told me have worked for them. So like always, Remain skeptical. Do your own research or talk to me if you want. I'm always here. So there are many types of exercises and workouts you can do, but there are categories that they all fall under. So depending on your sources, they might say there are anywhere from three to five different categories of exercises. But for this episode, we're going to go with both Harvard's and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for categories of exercise. So there's the aerobic or endurance exercises, there's strength, then there's flexibility and stretching, and then lastly, there's balance. 
So let's talk about the first category of exercises we mentioned. Let's talk about aerobic or endurance exercises. So the term aerobic is related to needing oxygen. And in fitness terms, it's the category of exercise that improves your cardiovascular system's efficiency in absorbing and moving oxygen throughout the body, you know, in order to carry out necessary bodily functions. These exercises boost your heart rate and your breathing, and they have incredible health benefits for both the long and short term on your body. For example, aerobic exercises relax blood vessel walls, they lower blood pressure, lower blood sugar, burn excess body fat, reduces inflammation, boosts your mood, and raises your HDL cholesterol, which is the good kind that helps reduce your bad cholesterol levels. And over the long term, aerobic exercises reduces your risks for heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, breast and colon cancer, and mental health disorders like depression and anxiety. And it's recommended for the general public, no, not personalized, to perform at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity aerobic exercises in order to maintain your health. There are a lot of options for aerobic exercises, okay? I thought, when I thought about it, I was thinking, oh, running. And I wish I loved running. I really wish I do because I love the idea of doing long distance running and getting in your own head and like just enjoying the weather. I don't know. I've always wanted to be good at running, but I'm not. I have flat feet and that's not easy mileage to put on these bricks. So trying to get my journey in order, I had to find other options. So I have a bunch of options you could try if you don't like running. If you do like running, go ahead. But if you don't, here's some other options. Besides running, you could try swimming, you could try biking or cycling, brisk walking, and those are all the common ones that I think you might have thought of, whatever, but there are other ones. There are a lot of options. Like, for example, you could try yard work. Yes, this sounds dumb, but it's not. If you have a green thumb, pick up a rake or mow your lawn, even though I hate lawns. Start weeding, do whatever, because by working on your garden, you're also working on your cardiovascular system. And, you know, two birds, one stone. I'm all about that, so give it a shot if you want. And if you have access to playing sports, like if you could be on a team, whatever, try it. Play sports like tennis, basketball, soccer, lacrosse, anything that involves a lot of movement. It's a great option if you prefer teams and workout buddies. Another thing that I think is so fun is dancing. Dancing is a fun and effective way to get your body moving and your cardiovascular system pumping, you know. Dance alone or dance in the morning before people wake up or dance the night away with your friends if you love them and you want to and whatever. It's an art form and it's a healthy outlet. Try it. You know, you never know if you're going to hate it, if you're going to love it. Just give it a shot. Why not? If you have access to a gym, you could try a stationary bike, an elliptical, or a treadmill. Just put some headphones in or just get lost in your own world. There are some great programs offered that can make you feel like you're walking or jogging on the treadmill under different conditions, like along a mountain or on a gravel road or a track. There are also classes you can sign up for like step aerobics, which is a high-intensity cardio workout without being hard on your joints. So if you have joint problems, you could try that out. Uh, You'll also be in the company of others, and people find comfort in crowds, so maybe that's what you need, a class. Another great form of cardio that I love is hiking. If you're really into the outdoors or exploring, hiking is such a great and effective way to get your cardiovascular system moving. Hiking trails vary in intensity, so you can always start out hiking on a relatively flat overlook and work your way up to a more rocky or elevated terrain. 
It can also be considered strength training under certain conditions, but if you have light gear on, then it can be considered primarily aerobic. And if you're looking for something a bit more intense, you could always try jump rope. And if you do, check out, I think it's Rhea, Rhea on Instagram. She's a woman who's so talented in jump roping, and it's so inspirational. Like, it's, it's showing it as something fun, and there's room to grow in it instead of a chore. I'm putting her Instagram link in the episode description. She is so cool, and she's so inspirational. I love her. So for me, what I found works best for my schedule is going for my little daily walks and the occasional hike when I have time. And when I was at college, I had a gym membership, but no car to take me there. So I walked two miles there and I listened to my podcasts, not mine, like not this one, but you know, other people's podcasts on the way there and back. And I used that time to reflect, learn something new, or just enjoy the outdoors without feeling like I was walking to exercise. I viewed it as alone time with myself, and I loved it. I really did love it. And now that I'm back home from school, I I walk my dogs aimlessly around the neighborhood without really a destination, and I set no limitations or anything. It's just me having fun with my dogs and listening to a podcast. I also love going for hikes, as I said, because it doesn't feel like a chore or an exercise. It's something that I find to be fun, and it's clarifying, refreshing, and enjoyable, It's a chance for me to connect with the natural world and explore it like I did when I was a kid. So let's talk about the second category, which is strength exercises. So strength training, which is also referred to as weight resistance training, is a form of exercise where you use your own body weight or tools like free weights, weight machines, or resistance bands to help improve your muscular strength and endurance. Not only does practicing strength training make day-to-day tasks easier to complete, like picking up groceries or climbing the stairs or even just getting out of bed. But it comes with some fantastic health benefits like stimulating bone growth, lowering blood sugar, improving balance and posture, and reducing stress and pain in the lower back and joints. It's also really beneficial if you're looking to manage your mental health a little bit better or obtain a healthier sleep schedule. I know it's a lot of issues for young people, so try it. And it's also a great option to help people with neuromuscular diseases and chronic health conditions like heart disease and arthritis. And a fun little story that I think would be a great example to talk about when it comes to the benefits of strength training uh, is a little incident that happened this past summer with me. Uh, so one one time, um, I was just walking around my house and I was working out, whatever, but I was I was slacking a lot in the core department, okay? I was not training my core, which is... In hindsight, it's not the the greatest thing to do. And I was walking and I didn't engage my core because there's nothing to engage. So I sneezed and I blew my own back out. So yes, I, a youthful 22-year-old woman, was stuck on the ground for hours this past summer while I waited for my mom to come home and save me. That's when I realized that I really needed to start working on my core. And since then, when I sneeze my back stays straight okay i am healthy yeah god that's so dumb according to the u.s department of health and human services it's recommended that adults should aim to do moderate or intense muscle strengthening workouts why did i say it like that that target all the muscle groups at least two days per week it's really important to let your muscles recover before training the same muscle groups again so say that you trained your chest and triceps one day Be sure to give your chest and triceps at least 24 hours to recover before training them again. 
And these rest days are so critical in muscle development because these strength training exercises create microscopic tears in your muscle tissue. And during rest, cells called fibroblasts repair them. And this process of allowing your tissues to heal and grow, it results in stronger muscles. So in order to get results from your strength training, your body needs rest to process your training. So there are a bunch of subcategories of strength training, including muscle endurance training, circuit training, hypertrophy training, max strength training, and explosive power training. I said training way too many times in that sentence, whatever. These different categories use different types of exercises to achieve different results, and that makes strength training really versatile and beneficial in so many ways. I could talk about them all day, but that's just something for a whole other episode. It's way too time-consuming. Let's just talk about the general options for strength training. So if you have access to a gym, the gym is a great place to start your strength training journey. It's so great. They usually offer a bunch of options for free weights and weight machines, and you can mix and match your routine to find something that's best suited for you. Some gyms even offer a personal trainer to show you around, show you all the equipment, tell you the benefits of the machines you're looking at, and how to use free weights, things like that. And some can even make you a personalized routine based on your needs. But depending on your gym, that could cost you extra. And personally, I love the gym. Now I do. But for the last four years, I hated it because I was so embarrassed of working out in front of people. Especially people that I knew. I just, I hated it. And I'd spend money on my memberships, but it would just be going to waste. It would collect dust because I was not using it. So it sucked. (laughs) But after my little awakening in March... I, as I said, I started to go to the gym in the mornings at like 5.30. I would leave at 5.30, get there at like 6.30, and when I got there, the gym wasn't that crowded, so I didn't have to worry about being pressured to hurry up with equipment because nobody else was waiting, and I wasn't embarrassed to check out the options and kind of plan what to do next because no one was behind me waiting and nobody was like looking at me, so I could take my time and plan out everything. I was starting my journey slowly and I didn't feel pressure to hurry up you know and the people who were there at that time of the morning they were very serious about their own journey and they weren't judging me they weren't like looking at me they were minding their own business trying to work on themselves and I love that so I never felt judged or stared at or whatever so what helped me was that I found a time of day that allowed me to go there avoid gym intimidation and explore my options to find a routine that worked for me So after a week or two of doing that, I was able to go to the gym at any time that I wanted because I knew what I was doing and I felt more confident in my abilities. A lot of gyms also offer strength-based group fitness classes as well. Most of them are included in your gym membership, but if you don't have a gym membership, there are a bunch of studios you can go to as well. Some classes that are strength-based include bar, pilates, boot camp, kickboxing, and Zumba. Bar, as explained by Caitlin DiGiorgio. Did I just say DiGiorno like with pizza? Oh, okay. Anyway, so the VP of training and technique at Pure Bar, Caitlin DiGiorgio. Oh my god. You know, this is so bad. I get so hurt when people say my name wrong. I should not. I'm sorry. Caitlin DiGiorgio. I'm sorry. Anyway, she explains that bar is a workout technique that takes inspiration from elements of ballet, yoga, and Pilates and focuses on the low-impact, high-intensity movements designed to strengthen your body. Pilates was invented in the early 20th century as a form of recovery for dancers, but has since become a hoot among many people, okay? It's similar to yoga, it takes inspiration from it, but 
it holds a heavier element on core focus. Wow, I probably should have done that when I was, before I sneezed. Anyway, you're expected to perform repetitive and small movements of isolated or full body muscle groups. You might have heard of blogilates. That's what it is. Blogilates is just like Pilates but online. So you could also try joining fitness companies like CrossFit or Orange Theory, but they're definitely on the pricier side. However, if you can't afford a gym membership or classes, you have other options. Try at home workouts. Since I came back from college, I haven't gone to the gym because the closest gym to me is just a bit too far and they're just a bit too pricey. So I purchased my own free weights and my own gym equipment and I consider it an investment because the one-time purchase of a set of dumbbells, a barbell with weights, resistance bands, ankle weights, whatever, maybe a medicine ball, it will come to be cheaper than going to the gym for years, you know? I mean, that being said, I do miss the early mornings of going to the gym and getting out of the house. So, I mean, if the opportunity does present itself, I would definitely be open to going back to a gym. If you don't have the space in your home to store your own exercise equipment or the money to purchase them, bodyweight workouts are a great form of exercise that are severely underrated. All you need is a little bit of room to move and your own body, hopefully you have that, and you should be able to get moving, no gym equipment needed. Bodyweight exercises are convenient, they're cost-effective, and they're efficient, you know? They're actually really good. You can make your own routine and do it whenever, wherever. If you need ideas on how to perform bodyweight workouts, you can watch YouTube videos or Google ideas. Some examples of bodyweight workouts that you've most likely already heard of include push-ups, lunges, mountain climbers, squats, planks, and jumping jacks. Yeah, it might be hard to find something that you enjoy for strength training, but... Don't feel like you have to go to the gym or you have to join a class. Try out new things. A lot of gyms, class studios, and sometimes even CrossFit studios offer a free first-time visit to test the waters. You can also try apps like Nike or the Fitbit app that offer you different workout plans based on your schedule and your comfort levels. There are endless possibilities for strength training. Just don't feel pressure to conform to one avenue. Find an exercise that you love. It'll come easy. Okay, now let's talk about the third category, which is flexibility and stretching. This is a category that I feel like a lot of people take for granted, especially if you're young and you're healthier and you have more malleable muscles. We take it for granted. It's super important, though. As you age, you actually lose your flexibility due to the shortening of muscles and tendons. A lack of flexibility does not mean that you just you can't do the splits. Oh, boo-hoo. It means you're increasing the risk for muscle cramps and pain, for muscle damage, for strains, joint pain, and it also makes it hard to get through daily activities like bending down to tie your shoes. Also, if you're getting into strength training and aerobic exercises, working on your flexibility also helps with muscle recovery, it helps with better performing during exercise, and it reduces your risk of injury during your exercises. And if you've done sports, your coach definitely should have talked to you about stretching before and after practices, you know? When I played lacrosse, my coach's wife was this incredible yoga instructor or yogi that did yoga with us for hours several times per week to stretch our muscles and to relax our joints. And there are days where I really honestly thought that without her, I definitely would have torn my ACL. That's just my opinion, but I know it's true. And it's recommended for you to aim to stretch every day or at least three to four times per week. You don't need gym equipment. You can literally just wake up and do stretches in bed for 5 to 10 minutes before you start your day. There are also several different types of yoga, ranging from ashtanga to vinyasa to yin. And I love practicing yin yoga because 
In yin yoga, you're activating the deep connective tissues within your body by holding poses for a prolonged period of time, like five minutes, which is so therapeutic for your joints and it does wonders for your flexibility. So just like stretching, balance exercises are critically important and critically underrated. While it may seem pointless to worry about it when you're young, we're all going to fall victim to the hands of time one day. As we age, the systems that help us maintain balance like our vision, our inner ear, and our leg muscles and joints break down over time. If you have balance problems, whether it's now or when you get older, you're increasing your risk for falling, injury during strength and aerobic training, and accidents. So start your balance training now because prevention is so much easier than treatment. And if you have access to a gym, plenty of them offer classes like Tai Chi or yoga, which are very balance focused. Tai Chi is an ancient Chinese martial art that originated in self-defense, but it evolved into a graceful, self-paced practice described as meditation and motion. It reduces stress, improves balance, moderates deep breathing, and it's so easy on your body. In Tai Chi, you hold multiple postures and poses, and you flow into each posture without pause, so it ensures that your body's constantly in motion. You can also do simple at-home workouts. When I say simple, I mean simple, like standing on one foot, the heel-to-toe walk, and the balance walk. So it's honestly really easy to work on your balance. Just make time for it. So now that you know the four main types of exercises and some common examples of each, we should probably talk about the misconceptions that come along with working out. And the first is that strength training is masculine. This is so dumb. I'm I'm not sorry. This is the It's so dumb. A workout, an activity, whatever, should not be considered masculine or feminine. It's so dumb to me. Like, if you are doing an activity that is typically labeled feminine, and you are a man, it is that title really going to stop you? Like, if you enjoy the activity, if it's healthy, it's fun, it's therapeutic, you shouldn't let a title that was put on there for no beeping reason stop you it's 2021 women are becoming increasingly passionate and involved in the strength training world there's women in crossfit and bodybuilding and all these fun strength training based activities and competitions go for it if you enjoy it do it number two is that strength training will automatically make you bulky if you're looking to bulk up lifting a weight won't do that in the way that you're thinking i mean sure You will improve your muscular tone and you will build muscle, but it won't be in the way that you're thinking of when you think of bulky. In order to bulk up and increase your mass sincerely, like The Rock Johnson sincerely, you need to combine your strength training with consuming a pretty hefty caloric surplus in order to feed your body to build up bigger and bigger muscles. It takes time, effort, and energy to bulk up in the way that you're thinking of. So don't freak out if you want to consider weight training and you're thinking, oh, but I don't want to look like a, an MMA fighter or I don't want to look like I power lift every day. That is not a thing. You will not bulk up in the way that you're thinking unless you make the active effort to. So the third misconception is that there is a set formula for your routine that's considered the right way. This is not right. You know, the only thing that is right is that there is a right way to perform certain exercises and this is to prevent injury. But There is no set formula for your routine that's considered right or wrong. And if you're trying to train for a marathon, let's say, you will have a totally different balance of workouts and exercises compared to someone training for a rock climbing competition or a bodybuilding expo. So 
everybody has different schedules, different goals, and because of that, you all have different routines. And there are right ways, but what's right for you might not be right for someone else. So don't stress, don't put pressure on yourself, don't think, oh, this girl is doing that, so I need to do the same thing. That's not true. There are multiple ways to make a routine, and just, it's okay. (laughs) So the fourth misconception is that you have to stick to one type of workout. Variety is so important. You you need variety in your workout routine. For going back to the whole marathon thing, when you train for a marathon, you're not just running long distance every day. You are working on your stretching, you are working on your balance, and you are working on your strength training. Because when you work your core, when you focus on certain muscle groups, you will become a better runner, a better long distance runner. So even if you're trying to create a new goal and perform something new in a primarily aerobic-based category, you want to take inspiration and exercises from the other categories of strength training, stretching, balance, to do your best, okay? It takes variety to do your best. And also, spice up your routine to prevent boredom and burnout. If you're just focusing on strength training, you might get bored. Try going for a jog. Try walking. You know, it's fun. There is no right way, as I said, and there's so much variety that you can try. The fifth misconception is that people are staring at you at the gym. As I said, I struggled with this for one long time, but the truth is is that everyone's too busy focusing on themselves, trust me, and if people are staring, that might not be a bad thing. It could mean that they're intrigued with your form or how much you're benching or your new shoes. Okay, there was this one girl at the gym that I used to go to, and I'd see her all the time, And she always had the cleanest sneakers I've ever seen. And they were from a brand I have no idea. Like, I don't know what brand this was. And I I was too nervous to ask her. And I regret that I didn't say anything because I want to know what shoes they were. They were so nice. But anyway, yeah, so if they're staring, it might not be a bad thing. But also, if they are staring and it's making you uncomfortable, tell a worker or a manager. The gym is meant to be a place for improvement, not judgment. So... It's our responsibility to look out for each other and create a safe environment to encourage each other to go to the gym and work on yourself. So speak up, get them kicked out. If they're not good for the environment, get them away. And then the sixth thing is that fitness trackers aren't always accurate. If you think about it, think about when you like itch your arm or something, or if you shake your hands, something like that, your fitness tracker will say that you are burning more calories or you're moving more than you actually are. Don't live by your tracker, okay? They are not always accurate. And if you do have a really toxic relationship with your fitness tracker, if you're depending on it for counting calories, for living your life, maybe it's time to take a quick break, okay? Just take off the tracker and listen to your body instead. Your body will tell you all that you need to know if you just listen. So now let's talk about creating your own routine. I feel like the hardest part of getting into exercise is creating a routine that you can stick to and you'll want to stick to. As I said, it took me four years to find a respect and a passion in working out. And if you haven't already found yours, you will. You just shouldn't limit yourself and you should keep your options open. Also, when you're creating your own routine, don't forget that it's yours and no one else's. What works for you might not work for your friend. I've said that multiple times, but it's true. Maybe you want a heavier emphasis on body weight and stretching, but your friend hates body weight exercises and prefers heavy free weights. Don't worry about what your friends or influencers or whoever are doing. They're not you, and you're the most important factor in this equation. For me, when I was looking to find a routine that fits, 
I was starting off by deciding what days and what times I can reserve for exercising. I determined that when I work out first thing in the morning, I tend to be more productive throughout the day and I start my day off feeling accomplished. Also, by starting my day off by moving and getting my heart rate up, I usually have more energy to do things I normally wouldn't have agreed to, like walking around town with some friends or going out at night. I also know myself well enough that if I were to push off working out till the evening, I would definitely make excuses as to why I can't or why I don't have time. But maybe you prefer working out at night because you've had a full day of meals under your belt, you have all that energy, you got all of your responsibilities out of the way, so now you can put all of your attention to exercising. Or maybe you just don't have the time in the mornings to go to the gym before work or school. So just find a time of day you know that you can dedicate to working out. And then decide on the days of the week that you can work out. And don't forget rest days. Do not forget rest days. Those are so important to see results. So for me, I choose Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings for strength training. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I focus on walking and just like enjoying the air, work on my breathing, you know, aerobic exercises, things like that. And then I reserve the weekends for stretching and balance-based activities like yoga We all have different responsibilities and work schedules, so find what works for you. And please know that a little bit of exercise is better than none at all. Start off slow on your exercise journey to prevent burnout and quitting. Maybe start by walking while you're on your phone with your friend, or maybe when you have the chance, just put in headphones and listen to music, whatever. And then when you're ready to challenge yourself, incorporate strength-based activities for some variety. But in order to actually stick to your routine, you have to hold yourself accountable. Your physical health is so important. And if you find that you constantly quit, maybe you just you keep putting too much pressure on yourself and you want to have this routine pat down immediately. And then when you mess up, you completely derail. But you will mess up. Everyone does. I do. I do all the time. The path to your goals will never be linear. You will have ups, you will have downs, and that's totally natural. But it's up to you to continue working on your health past those hiccups. It took me literally four years of self-deprecation, eating battles, and inconsistency to realize that. So yeah, I fall off my routine sometimes. But unlike before, I don't just give up and wait for inspiration to strike again next month. So I've made a list of tips and tricks that might aid you when you're trying to remain consistent in your workout journey. The first is to invest in good quality workout clothes. I know you're probably like, oh my god, doesn't she hate matching gym sets though? No, I love matching gym sets. I just dislike brands like Lululemon that lack transparency, sustainability, and size-inclusive lines. I also resent the idea that you have to look perfect and have cute clothes in order to be relevant in exercising. It's so dumb. What I'm saying is that if you want to feel more confident when you're working out, Maybe it's a good idea to get new clothes that are reserved just for working out and they should make you feel sexy and comfortable. But consider shopping from a sustainable brand like Tentree and also invest in the correct gear. If you're going to take running more seriously, please invest in the right shoes. And I'm not saying, oh, just for beauty. I'm saying like for your own safety. Weight training shoes are completely different from long distance running shoes, which are also completely different from short distance running shoes which are also completely different from cycling shoes, which are also completely different from hiking shoes, you get the gist. Get the right gear for whatever you want to accomplish to prevent injury, but to also feel cute while doing it. Another tip is to make a realistic routine. If you're not a morning person, but you plan on suddenly working out at 5am daily, 
you're not going to be able to sustain that for very long, okay? Like I said earlier, ease yourself into a new routine by starting slow. Work your way up from working out one to two days per week, then go to three days a week, and then so on if you want to. If you want to be a morning person so bad, though, then slowly build yourself up to that by setting an alarm an hour before you normally wake up, then a week of doing that consistently, take another hour off, and continue to detract until you're at your goal time. But don't forget, though, that means that you need to go to bed at an earlier time in order to get the most out of your sleeping schedule. Another tip is to get a workout buddy. If you know that you need someone else there to push you, consider getting one. If you can find someone with the same goals and same schedule as you, then maybe it's a good idea to hold each other accountable. Another idea is to join a workout class or a group. If you have the funds, get a membership at the local yoga studio, at the gym, or a fitness class, fitness center, whatever. Because when you're in a group, it might be easier to hold yourself accountable when other people are doing the same thing. Another idea is to set attainable, not weight-oriented goals. If you set a goal to have a certain waist size by a certain time, or a flatter stomach by next month, you're on a really slippery slope there, friend. We're all built differently, and some of us might have a wider rib cage, some of us don't have the genetics for a flat stomach, and this could easily lead to body dysmorphia and eating disorders like orthorexia. It's just really dangerous. So instead of having body image-oriented goals, try setting goals that celebrate what your body is capable of. Maybe you've always wanted to run a 5K. Do it. It's fun. Sign up for a day for a race that'll give you enough time to train. Or maybe you want to be able to squat more than just the bar weight. You're capable of that. Practice, train, do whatever. That's a fun and attainable goal. Or maybe you want to hike a portion of the Appalachian Trail. What's stopping you? Train for that. Those are all goals that no matter how your body is shaped, whatever, you can do that. You can achieve that. You're not setting yourself up for failure. You're celebrating what you're capable of doing. Another idea is to reward yourself for setting goals. If you reach that PR you've been trying to hit for months, that calls for celebration. Romanticize your life, celebrate your accomplishments, go out to eat, get a massage, new workout clothes, ice cream, do whatever you want to show yourself, hey, you've earned this, because you did. You celebrate when you accomplish something you are really proud of. Do it, do it, do it. Anyway, another thing is to keep your journey public or private, depending on what you prefer. For me, I find that when I tell people I'm working out and I make it public when I'm not ready to, I would crumble. I felt like I would have this obligation to other people to look a certain way to prove to them that, oh yeah, I'm working out. And eventually, I would just fall apart and give up under the pressure that I put on myself. I realized that I couldn't talk to people until it felt like I was doing it for me. Until I felt like when I tell people that I'm working out, it's because I'm proud of myself for doing it because I'm doing it for myself, not for anybody else. But maybe you're not like me. If you're the type of person that feels like when you share your journey with others, it motivates you to hold yourself accountable, do it. Try making a social media account just for you, for your workout journey, or join the Nike or Fitbit app where you can connect with friends. But that also bleeds into the idea of do not compare yourself to others. Yes, it it might work for you to make a fitness account or join an app where you see everyone else's journey, but don't compare yours to theirs. Some people are just starting there, some are seasoned pros, and some haven't even begun yet. But it's not your right or your duty to judge someone for not working out just as like you shouldn't feel inferior to someone because they're more accomplished to you. Like, what does it even mean accomplished? 
if you're spending so much time worrying about what someone else is doing in their life, whatever, you're not putting enough of that energy into yourself. Another tip, which seems kind of random, but it's very effective. Go to therapy. If you've always struggled with your physical fitness, talk about it to a therapist. Release your struggles and maybe you'll find something that's been mentally holding you back from reaching your potential. It seems odd, but it's true. After my little March explosion, I had a really good heart-to-heart with my therapist about this and she really helped me kickstart my journey by making me learn a lot about myself and what's holding me back. And lastly, I think this is the most important tip I can give. Forgive yourself. You are not perfect by any means. You're not going to wake up one day and just decide that you're going to go for a 20-mile run and do it in 7 minutes per mile. It's not like that. You are an amazing creature capable of amazing things and you know it. But if you put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect or to reach your goals too fast, you're going to hate yourself when life gets in the way and you mess up. We all do. Forgive yourself when you do and understand how to overcome the mistake and keep going. And that pretty much concludes this episode. Um, If you're interested in hearing more about a particular subject relative to exercise, like more about strength workouts or the importance of breathing or the different types of yoga, maybe the balance between different types of exercises, let me know. I was thinking about doing an episode for more specific workout plans and such based on health conditions like PCOS or MS or things of that sort. So yeah, just let me know. I have a lot to say, so please ask. Yeah, thank you guys for sticking around. Another thing that's totally irrelevant, but like kind of important. Um, I know the holiday season is like right here. Black Friday's coming up, all that. So if you're looking for a gift for a friend, a significant other, a family member, or for yourself because you deserve one, consider checking out the link in this episode's bio for sustainable brands. The spreadsheet is not complete yet, but it still contains a list of amazing brands to shop from that offer great quality items. And... The ones that are done, like the ones that I did fill out on the spreadsheet, have great information like their price ranges, pros and cons of each company, what they offer, the demographic, some discounts that they have, things like that. I think you might like that if you're looking for some shopping ideals, whatever. But yeah, that concludes this week's episode. If you liked it, please, please, please give us a good review in the Apple Podcast Store. It really would help us out, seriously. If you hated it, feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram. It's at SoeWantToBeThatGirl. I'm always here to talk. Let me know. Once again, I'm also sorry about the delay in this episode. It's just been a crazy two weeks, but we're back. We're better than ever. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys again. I love you all so, so much. Love you. I I love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. And I will talk to you next Tuesday. All right. Love you. Bye.